Live from the Avengers Compound, this is Derailed Trains of Thought. We hit the big time. We're here. Yes. It is everything I might have imagined or seen. Although I'm, I'm very cautious. I don't want to like push any wrong buttons around here. No. and There's a lot of tech that I feel like if I fall into it, like bad things could happen. I, I'm kind of wondering in, at what time we arrived here. Well, everything seems to be intact, so well, that's, that's a good, good. sign. That yeah. is a good sign. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just like super excited if we can meet somebody. And I'm also very, I'm also very a little afraid about what we can talk about here. Well, yeah. There's certain things that are... That are... The ban may be lifted, but we could still get, uh, you know, get in a lot of trouble if we say the wrong thing. Yeah. <laughs> we might find things here that no one else knows about. Ooh, that's a possibility. So, yeah, like I see the Hulk, I, I need a signature, though. That That is true. That is true. Not Ant-Man so much. <laughs> Poor Ant-Man. <laughs> oh, give the guy a break. He's pretty awesome. Yes, he is. Anyways, Tim, hi. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? pretty good especially now that we're in this this cool compound yeah exactly i want to go mess around <laughs> well no that's a bad idea we just got done talking about that i know but i can't help it <laughs> welcome to all of you listening we hope that, that you're also having a decent day though not as cool as ours <laughs> true true uh, but this is derailed trains of thoughts where we talk about all manner of storytelling for the creator and the consumer my name is nick and i am tim and we're here to usher you through discussions and frivolity <laughs> discussions and frivolity that's a great tagline yeah we should add that it'd be great yeah i like it it's all we've got <laughs> that was a discussion frivolity that's all we've got <laughs> very promising yeah <laughs> all right let's go into our story school Tim, do you know what this story school is? This is the biggest topic we've ever talked it about. It is the greatest. I've been waiting on pins and needles on the edge of my seat forever for this topic. Oh, man. I can't believe we've finally gotten to this point. This is... Episode 99, we finally get to talk about... The hype factor. Dun, dun, dun. So basically, we're going to talk about how we tend to hype up stories. There are certain stories that people are like, hey, I'll go see that. And there's other stories like, I must see that the moment comes out. <laughs> you know, we, we now want movies to see movies so badly that midnight has turned into seven o'clock. <laughs> the next day. Yeah. Or the previous day. The previous day. Say. Yeah. And, you know, and it's it's a thing that the internet wants to create this, this not just a buzz, but they want people to be so hyped that, like, I don't know if we talked on or off the podcast how trailers even have, like, deep dissection now and, and oh, yeah. mis oh, foreshadowings and misleadings and red herrings. We did mm -hmm. talk about that last episode. A little bit. But yeah, it's it's a huge deal. At least people make a huge deal out of it. And every big summer movie has to be a big life-changing event. It is. My life will not be complete until I see whatever the next Marvel movie is or fill in the blank. Yeah. And it makes people who don't like those movies like kind of mad. Yeah. Like They're like, guys, it's not that big of a deal. And everyone's like, but my life is not complete yet. <laughs> And I think this extends to a number of, obviously we're going to be focusing on stories here, but yeah. it focuses to um, not just movies, but video games. You see yes. a lot of this with, with some of the big ones, uh, Smash every, Brothers. Every once in a while, yeah. Every once in a while, you, you know, be like, how many days off work can I take for Smash Brothers? Um, 
or Kingdom Hearts Three. three. Yeah, I, 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 I did actually take a day off for that one. <laughs> so, so um, books I get sometimes not as often, but like Harry Potter, Harry used Potter to was be big back in the day. Like my sister owned a bookstore at that point, and like we had giant midnight release parties, and I mm-hmm. dressed up as Sirius Black one time for this thing. It's been a while. I, I feel like there hasn't really been anything like that since they tried sometimes with like Hunger Games and the Twilight series had kind of this mini event. Thing. I mean, you had some hype, like there are certain segments of the population were hype, not like Harry yeah. Potter, just everything worked. I mean, timing. I mean, books don't normally get that just because they're a longer mm-hmm. investment. You don't get that sort of, same sort of um, buzz. Like, yeah. I mean, emotional buzz from watching a trailer. Or right. You don't get a book trailer like yeah. Again, unless you're hardcore into that. Yeah, fandom. I mean, there's there's certain there's certain things you know, like oh, the last Will Times coming out, or the last you know the next Game of Thrones book, or mm, yeah, you know things yeah, like that for sure. So where do we want to start with this? Well, and I feel like it might be good to also, I, I think the term of, of hype is also kind of spread to even like I've heard people refer to it like even in the middle of a story. I think there's also even some post-release hype okay. about a thing that can go on. For like the in the story, I've heard, I've heard, and this may not be the best use of the of the word, but internet lingo. Yeah, I've heard people talk like gamers if there's a, like a really exciting moment in a scene and be like, "Oh, the hype is real." Oh, yeah. So in in that way, hype just is kind of a synonym for excitement when it, something really cool happens. And I think it's interesting that we've that well, we could talk what we think this means, but like hype is a big deal now. Yeah, like the 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 foam, the froth of of the, entertainment. The, the moments in, I guess, for a movie, it would be the moments that get the audience cheering. Yeah, like in game Avengers. There's a they, variety of like, moments. So, couple, since, two or three. Since in game may be still fresh, people. Hopefully, you've seen Infinity War by now. Yeah, like when Thor and uh, Groot's and Rocket arrive on the battlefield. Yeah, that was a huge crowd pleasing moment. You got cheers, and that's that's the visceral sort of like in the moment kind of reaction. Mm-hmm. See, old school, like, I don't remember when there were midnight showings. Yeah. You know, like, go watch Attack of the Clones, because honestly, I'm not sure there was quite the hype for a, I, my memory might just be biased, but the massive hype for movies seems to, in my head, have started largely with the prequels. I think I think there's some truth to that. I mean, I again, yeah, we were younger before for the like the '90s stuff. I don't remember there being. I mean, there were there was some hype about like the new Disney movie, like cartoon, and you know stuff like that, but yeah. not in that sort of like everyone is waiting, counting down the days. Yeah, that's an interesting point. It does seem like in a lot of ways that era began with the Phantom Menace, and in a way. I mean, the Phantom Menace was the first one I remember following through the internet. Too, the internet as well. helps. Yeah, the internet is this echo chamber. Not not quite the right word, maybe, but, but it, it gives it, it throws fuel to the fire of mm-hmm. expectations and looking forward. And you to can things. watch trailers at home. Yeah, you don't have to go to the movie. I mean, before you watch the trailer on TV yeah. or at the movie theater. I, th- I still remember. I think maybe like first time seeing the Two Towers trailer. I was mm-hmm. big into like, Lord of the Rings was a giant hype too. That was a giant internet hype machine, and I remember at that time like exploring the website. That's back when movie websites were really yeah. cool to explore because it was like, look at all these pictures and like, oh, they actually got the actors to do these like little intros and yeah. things like that. I don't think the movie websites are quite as big deal nowadays unless they do something really creative, yeah. which I guess you showed me Captain Marvel. They had a, like a fantastic like 90s-esque It was a w- very clever website, yeah. <laughs> like a so, throwback sort so of thing. So I wonder if some of hype is 
originally was based on things that people were already in the cultural memory. Lord of the Rings, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. They already and you hit the internet, so like everyone knew about them, and they were gonna talk about them, and you get something new. And that's the thing of hype. Hype's all about what new thing do I get? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Marvel movies have done hype now because it's it's a cultural memory at this point. Yeah, it's they've established themselves over ten years of movies and. And different movies will have different levels of hype. Obviously, the Ant-Man movies have never been quite as hyped as yeah. a full-fledged Avengers movie, yeah. which makes sense. But the last two in particular, people knew that this is the culmination of basically mm-hmm. 10 years of movies. That's never been done before. Well, this, Not quite like this. TV seasons, the closer you get to the last season, whether it's the next, you know, mm. the hype gets more and more because it's like we get a new, it's built up that momentum has hindered the, you know, the entertainment culture yeah you know like right now game of thrones season whatever it is going on eight, eight i think yeah I you think know that has tons of hype with it mm-hmm. um might actually be over by the time this I, podcast comes out yeah but. that's true so it'll be interesting to see what the fallout from the final episode is we've we've lived through our fair share of shows that had massive followings that had mixed reactions mm-hmm. to the to the finale so let's let's talk about the good <clears> and bad of, <laughs> we'll get to that um <laughs> Let's talk about the good and bad of hype. Okay. So let's oh, talk. Oh, go. I'm yeah. going to rewind w- real quick one more thing. When I was talking about like post-release hype. Oh, yeah. I think the post-release hype happens most often when something, and again, this may back up what you're saying about um, people ha- having an understanding of it. I think post-release hype is sometimes biggest when it's a movie or a property that people didn't know a lot about, but picks up a lot of buzz as it goes on. Oh, that makes sense. Like, say, the Lego movie, the first Lego movie. Yeah. That, that was a huge phenomenon. Frozen. Frozen with a giant. I mean, Frozen had the advantage of being Disney, but, like, you had an okay trailer, and no one expected it to be. Yeah, the trailer was not. Yeah. yeah. No one expected it to be quite the phenomenon that it wound up being. So it seems like, I don't know if good, but at least a positive aspect of hype is that it makes you feel part of something big. Yeah, that's a good that good You point. know, everyone everyone loves that. Everyone's <laughs> watching. Everyone, I'm part of the great thing that it's is. A, it's a cultural moment, yeah. a, a milestone. Like People later will be like, do you remember when you first saw this? Mm-hmm. My, my family loves to ask my parents all the time about... So what was was this like? What it was like when Star Wars first came out, or yeah. Indiana Jones? Because yeah. like you know, we know we didn't see those in the theater when they first came out. Yeah. We, it's pretty clear to see how they revolutionized blockbuster filmmaking. Yeah. So it, it's it is fun to think something I'll tell my kids about this yeah. long Marvel journey. The one problem with that is then that you kind of expect every movie to be this huge cultural milestone, and when it isn't. Well, for one, you can't have everything be huge cultural milestones because that's just not law of averages. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then if it's not, then if it's not everything you expect it to be, then it becomes a disappointment. Mm -hmm. I think the other thing with hype is that the positive, or at least why we like is because it makes us, it brings us outside of boring life to something exciting, something new, something bigger than epic epic you know yeah. how epic can it be on a positive level as opposed to like most of the time if it's a big you know world changing event it's usually some sort of tragedy yeah i mean mm-hmm. that's that's kind of the, the nice thing about these big event stories that like it's big and we feel like oh this changed what how we thought about this or this entered yeah. into the public lexicon at this point yeah but it was a good thing, you know. I mean, hopefully. <laughs> now, the downside to that sort of emotionalism is that it can distort what the story actually is. Mm. You know, you can get so hyped up that you're disappointed watching it, even though it's a great movie mm-hmm. because you thought it. 
Because the, the downside of hype is that in many ways, it latches onto the sense that we want something to fulfill us. Mm. We want entertainment to, to solve our, to, to fill us. And entertainment does many wonderful things, but it's not going to hit everything. It's, that's not, it's not God. <laughs> yeah. It should not be our ultimate source of and, meaning, and, as we talked about in the idolatry episode. And I wonder if sometimes on a, you know, more of a pessimistic level, this obsession with hype is people desperately trying to find something to keep, keep the emotions up. Mm. And I don't, I think I love game. you know, cool trailers are great to watch. I have, you know, I'll go watch fun movies. I, but I wonder if that's something the internet's created this sense that we can live on this froth all the time. Mm-hmm. And then just a story, you know, I've been to movies like I've been super excited to see, and then it's, it's a good movie, but it's a little disappointing just because now it's over. And, and it's like, and that's it all it was. I thought it was going to be more, I thought it was going to be more than a movie. Mm, yeah. Um, or like, or my famous example of like, I read Jurassic Park, the book. I've, I'm sure I've said this. I'm like, yeah. this movie's going to be awesome. And then it wasn't because it was not the book. <laughs> and Jurassic Park's a great movie. Right, right. I mean, I think the prequel certainly suffered from that a lot. Yes. Um, they, those are probably the pinnacle of like having huge expectations for ha- not having had any Star Wars moving picture media for like almost 20, 20 years. years. Yeah, 20 years. Yeah. Those movies were held. And a lot of books had come out by that point, And too. a lot of books. And when it just wasn't what people had in their minds for what it was going to be, you know, it was a huge disappointment. It wound up, and then you could say the prequels were trying to, they weren't quite trying to be the original trilogy, which I think in some ways is, they makes were, sense. I mean, yeah, I mean, they're, well, we've, that's a whole different thing. We've talked about yeah. this on the podcast but I will, I will say, and I've mentioned before that Zach says people were not attached to the hype, like young People and they're not young anymore, but they love the prequels. Yeah, but they didn't have that baggage of the of the originals being the pinnacle of blockbuster movie. Yeah, and and I found that honestly, sometimes, like you said, hype blinds us. It blinds us to what a story actually is. Sometimes mm-hmm. because both we ways. come, yeah, like you might think ways. it's worse or it's better than it is. Exactly, um, because we come in because of hype. We often come with all these expectations about mm-hmm. how the trailer is going to pan out, what it means. And I think about this way, you know, Final Fantasy 15 yeah. was originally going to be a tie-in with Final Fantasy 13. It was called Versus 13. Okay. Um, and back then, it was actually being directed by the director of the Kingdom Hearts series, Tetsu Nomura. Okay. But Versus 13 wound up in some development hell, as they call it. <laughs> yeah. um, it, it. It took a long time for anything to happen to it. And for various reasons, from what I understand, I think there was some, like, Square Enix behind the scenes yeah. drama stuff and they had to basically change the, out the engine it was it was originally going to be on PS3 went to PS4 eventually got given to another director and reformatted into 15 well the problem is that they had already done a lot of trailers about versus 13 oh, okay. and there are a lot of people online still that fell in love with what versus 13 was supposed to be mm-hmm. um, now I was not really following it at this time I was pretty much not involved in gaming throughout the entire PS3 generation. Yeah. So I, I didn't really follow it that much. And I didn't really follow it until they started getting close. I think like it was like 2016. I okay. started to follow, when I knew, okay, I've got to, I'm going to get a PS4. I'm going to yeah. do this. I'm, I'm interested in this now. At that point, 15 was pretty much solidifying to what it was going to be. So that's the version of the game I was excited to and start yeah. playing. But there's a whole group of other people that are still disappointed that they didn't get 
the versus 13 version of this game. Yeah. So those people saw 15 as kind of a Frankenstein of a game that has some of Tetsu Nomura's ideas and some of this other director's ideas kind of mashed together. And my experience playing it wasn't like that yeah. very much. I thought, oh, this is the kind of story they want to tell. So I think there's a real danger, especially for creators who don't have a finished project, <laughs> to yeah. unveil too much about their story too soon. Because mm-hmm. as you and I know, creative projects can change radically over the yes. course of its development. So yeah, I, I think hype can be a very dangerous thing in, in, in setting expectations for a story. And, and for the storytellers and, and or the PR aspect of it, it is a two-edged sword because they want to use it to get people to keep following them and come watch it when it comes out. But it can so easily lead into disappointments or like, but that didn't show up, you know, where's that scene in Rogue One that I didn't, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or like my brother Zach was listening to a podcast about Star Wars and they were talking about the movies and someone said, no one hates Star Wars like Star Wars fans. <laughs> um, and, that's a, and that's a lot of fandoms. Yeah. That because there's so much old stuff, whether it's Doctor Who or Star Wars or whatever filled in the thing, there's so much expectation what the new one should be that you're always going to make someone unhappy and again some of that's just because but i think hype exasperates it well i think that's true for any franchise in a way like different people will fall in love with different aspects of an original work and whether it's the same creator or whether it's new creators coming into it they may focus on different aspects than what has already been established which may still grow they may still feel it all as one organic piece but the people who fell into it from, you know, further back in the timeline for different reasons, yeah. and then they can be disappointed when it doesn't when it doesn't continue on those lines instead of the lines they were interested in. And there's just a thing about human nature, and you know, it's quintessential like teenage, but it happens all all over the place where like if everyone likes something, <laughs> you purposely dislike it more. Well, that's true. And I think I think you know, if everyone's hyped about something and you don't get it. You're just uh-huh. like, that's dull. You know, it yeah. hype tends to exasperate also just those internet divides. Yeah. Because that's, of that's that. True. Because th- because of human nature. Mm-hmm. You know, most people are just like, well, everyone loves it and I don't, therefore it must be even worse than it was. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's I think that's something we have to actively fight against. Yes. Um, I mean, like, I was not a big fan of the Captain Marvel movie. Yeah. I, I felt like she was not a very interesting character. Mm-hmm. Um, but your family... We liked it okay, yeah. Yeah, and you, you didn't have fun. a problem with it. Now, I think, I think the flaws you saw in the movie showed up more noticeably in her character in Endgame. Oh, you think so? Okay. Yeah. See, I, I didn't have a, too much of a problem with her in Endgame, which, which is interesting. I, we felt... I, I, I guess Natasha both agreed she seemed like she could have not been there and wouldn't even have mattered. Well, but see, I think... I guess this may be off track, but since we haven't talked about this aspect of it yet, I think she was smart to use Captain Marvel in Endgame the way they did because she was still there. She was still kind of the super-powered... She's very OP compared to yeah. the rest of the Marvel cast, which I don't have a huge problem with because I'm a Superman fan. Yeah. Um... But Endgame was really focused in all on the characters that we knew really well. Oh, I, I agree. I we don't we didn't want to do more. It was kind of fun for her. To like hey, I'm going to take care of this. And just get beat up. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think they used her well. It just she didn't even have any. Anyway, it doesn't matter right yeah. now. <laughs> but um, so Tim, what's something you've been like besides King of Hearts? What do you think would be like quintessential hype for you? Oh man, Kingdom Hearts three was a big. What one. was that Kim quintessential like, hype? Because you that, were like waiting for years for that thing. Yeah, and I think time also builds hype. Time is certainly a factor. Long the longer you're waiting for something, and Kingdom Hearts three was also a little agonizing. 
so my sister Danielle bought it in pre-order for Christmas for okay. me, which was really nice of her, and I appreciate it. But the downside of that is that then it was out of my control when I would actually get it. Oh, <laughs> like it was supposed to be delivered. She pre-ordered on Amazon. Yeah. They guarantee like same day delivery, but you don't really know if it is or not. <laughs> so I like actually came home from my lunch break. I knew around the times when like the mail delivery truck and I was like looking at my windows like, oh, where is it? Where is it? Yeah. And then I was like, oh, he's coming to my house. He's coming to my house. And then I was like, it's hilarious. And I'm like, it was, I was like a kid looking for the package. Is it there? Oh, it's there. I about it. It's like, and holding it in my hand. Yeah, it's it real. It's, it's a thing. Yes. It's not just this long legend. And then it was one of the most surreal things to actually, you know, start playing it. And like when the title screen came up, I actually just, sat there listening to the music for a while and then yeah. and then even after finishing I was like I can't believe I now live in a world when I've actually beaten Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> I mean that's 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 the kind of like what long-term hype can can do to you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I mean and it's it's fun in a way but you know that was a lot of really unnecessary stress in a lot in, in some other ways. It's like why why exactly do we do that? Or to like yeah, what do you people like that movie was awesome. They say it like after every movie. <laughs> You're like I don't know if you know what like there are scales of movies like <laughs> but that's something that's just younger people's hype something that's different because they can they just do that they just goes through them like that mm -hmm. but i mean it is interesting though i was noticing even by myself after in-game was done i was like okay yeah i, I mean I, th that day i was kind of flushed with it it's like man that yeah. was that was quite a journey you know this yeah cinematic yeah. feats next day i was like yeah, yeah. okay and in game's done that's yeah it. that's why yeah no, no, i'm like <laughs> I was I was excited to go see it. Really enjoyed it. Okay, and then you just move on with your life. Yeah. it's, it's kind of interesting the rise and fall of there, hype yeah. in, in some ways. And, and see that I feel like in game obviously in game will have some long term hype. I mean, oh yeah, it's already made more money than Titanic. Have yeah. you heard that? No, and I'm not surprised. But I had not heard that. I, I think it's amazing that, that it did that that quickly. You know, Titanic was in the movie for like forever 47 weeks they said that's almost a year really okay see movie, the movie system has changed so much since then yeah and that's the other thing about hype nowadays it real the movies really have become at least to go to see them in the theater it has to be an event because if it's not an event it's only there two weeks and gone at the time i mean or you can go to like the the tiny theater in the bottom of the 20 theaters you know <laughs> like in the basement and watch it after two weeks but yeah yeah but it's like yeah it's it's everything the it's like a long build-up giant flash they're like fireworks now like you wait and you wait and you wait and it gets dark enough mm -hmm. and then got a couple minutes of light and then oh let's go home mm -hmm. yeah which is not necessarily a bad thing it does speak in some ways to the um quick-paced nature of our society yeah. nowadays, though. I mean, the fact that you don't have... I mean, people will be talking about a big movie like, like that for a while afterwards. Yeah. But, I mean, if you... I mean, even as much as I enjoyed Endgame, you do have to, like, look at it and it's like, well, how how much depth was there really to explore mm -hmm. in, in that yeah. movie? Not... Yeah. I mean, it, you can talk about the character motivations, you can talk about where the universe is going to go after this, but didn't, did we really learn yeah. a lot about ourselves eh? It's hard to say. Well, so like the counterbalance to hype in some ways is the entertainment, the stories that you can come back to again and again that give you mm. something. Yeah. You know, there's certain certain movies, there's certain books, plays, et cetera, that no matter how many times you see it, it always makes your life better. Mm. And again, they might be the same movies that were hyped, but sometimes they're not. 
sometimes they they came in more slowly. And it, it, they're, they're, I don't think there's actually a correlation between how hyped it is and how much you can come back to it over and over again. Because some some movies are and some aren't. That's a good point. I wonder if um I wonder if the word if the movies or stories that have post release hype tend to mean that oh, there's maybe. there's more repeat value. I mean, look at how many kids re- have rewatched Frozen. Yeah. And like, <laughs> I mean, Harry Potter, people read over, over again. And, and there's a lot of stuff to do digest in it. Mm-hmm. I remember, for me, it was hype when the new Miyazaki movie came out for a birthday. My whole family went down to go watch, I think it was Spirited Away. <laughs> was it? An indie. Because you couldn't get anywhere back then. You couldn't watch anywhere. Sure. And that was like to me a big deal. And but that's a movie I could watch every time. Every time I watch it, be like, "This is a dense, deep movie." Sure, that will always be worth watching, not just because it's the next thing. Yeah, though it was for me at that point the next thing. Sure, and I, I remember uh, there was a period of time where, when I did rewatch the Lord of the Rings movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I several think, times. I think yeah, I think those are. Those are had, very good movies. Yeah, those those had depth to them. I mean, may, they may be different than the, the books in, in certain ways, yeah. obviously. They highlighted different things. Yeah. So, well, some of the, they touched on some of the same things. They may have missed other ones. Yeah. But those movies still have held up even, you know, way after the hype. And that's an interesting thing about when you're in the midst of a new release. It's hard to tell even then which things are going to have longevity and which are not. Mm-hmm. Like... We've picked on this movie before, but Avatar. Yeah. And like, okay, best-selling movie of all time, apparently. Does anyone talk about it anymore except to say, man, that movie wasn't really that great? Yeah. <laughs> like, and apparently they're making like- Four more? Four more, more or something like that. It's like, well, okay, well, let's see what you do with it this time. You have a, you do have an interesting world. Yes. Maybe you can tell a better story in it now. <laughs> yeah. If you're making that many movies, I hope you have some sort of arc in mind. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, you, you've got some of those, sometimes it will be just flashes in the pan. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be curious to see- I remember we were talking about this not too long ago, like 10 years from now, how well remembered the Hunger Games will be. Yeah. Because those are big movies for a while and they were, they were good movies. And books. I mean, they were as, I mean, they weren't yeah. Harry Potter level, but they were, but they were popular books. And yeah. and yet the discussion about them seems to have been, had died off already. Yeah. And it's really not even been, I mean, that was, that was a big deal in the first part of this decade. Now mm-hmm. we're at the end of the decade and it's like, mm, I don't know. Well, it will be interesting, like, say, we've been talking about the Marvel, because they have a lot of hype. Mm-hmm. Whether, you know, move 10 years, whether individual moves be like, oh, yeah, that's... Or whether it'll just be the, the cultural artifact of the series. It's mm. a good question. Because, I mean, the movies aren't bad, but they're not... Not all of them are, like... Groundbreaking. Groundbreaking. Again, yeah. they're not trying to be. They're doing what, they're, what they want to do, like comic books. I mean, they're... Yeah, that's true. That's a good question, though. Like, if we were to look at the Mar- MCU... Is there a movie in there that had the same sort of emotional re- resonance as, say, Spider-Man 2 mm-hmm. or Batman Begins? Some, well, we get some of the oddball ones like Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. We'll probably become a cult classic. Could be. Because it's, it's wonky. <laughs> but, I mean, that's different from that's having... That's different, yeah. Is, was there a, an, a big emotional connection yeah, to such and such thing? I don't know. I'd, and it's different, too, for those of us who are... In our 30s now, mm-hmm. um, there's kids who have grown up with it. Exactly, yeah. It's all, you, and, and so you they may have different. a very different emotional reaction to those of us who are older and like, oh, those are that was fun popcorn flick and yeah. not necessarily saying anything new to us. Yeah. I don't know. So, all right. Well, that's a long meandering discussion, but I mean, hopefully it gives you some thought about the dangers, the pitfalls and the... the pleasures. And the pleasures <laughs> of hype. 
And I think it's worth sometimes, because we just live in it a lot of times. We kind of step back and be like, okay, what is what is this all about? Why do we yeah. Why do we like it so much? And are there things we should be know, careful be, of? Be aware of. Yeah. And I think for creators too, I mean, the Russo brothers are particularly good at managing it, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I think some creators have to be very careful about what they tell their marketing department about how they you know, you you can raise expectations too high in the wrong direction or yeah. or too early. I I honestly do not understand because it's not just Square. I f- I feel like the video game industry in general has to market its games way ahead of time and and tell everyone kind of what they're what's in de- what's that- in development and but I don't understand why video games have those sort of expectations. Maybe it's to help because they need to make sure they sell so many to make it worth all the money. And so they're trying to make sure there's and so people gets waters to make sure people care. And to get people invested in their consoles. I don't know. It's a possibility. I mean it's just something I've noticed, particularly in like when I followed game YouTubers Mm -hmm. and stuff. They they have a lot of expectations for about games and discussion about games in development that aren't gonna come out for months ahead of time. And like I'm very leery these days of analysis that claims to know for certain about something that hasn't well, happened yet. Well, it's like all those movie websites, like every time they have a little tidbit, like all this stuff, and like you don't know any of that. That's all supposition. You yeah. know, they write off as a news article and it's yeah. like some rumor <laughs> they heard or they made up. And then that sort of thinking filters into our politics, and that's a whole nother discussion. <laughs> Luckily, books books are largely... Uh, resistant to hype in the same way just because of the medium being less visual. That's true. I think. I mean, there's some, but it, I mean, you have the your book clubs or your like right. know, certain series, but it's much more normalized because, I mean, the internet still makes it bigger inside little groups, but it's mm-hmm. not as culturally pervasive. Yeah. The focus is a, is a lot more on the actual the basics of story plot yeah like what's going to happen yeah exactly you know like video games will be also looking at graphics and game styles and controls and and yeah how you know the feels yeah (laughs) exactly so all right well let's go ahead to our soundtrack played this game but everyone says <laughs> sounds hypish that uh breath of the wild is like an amazing game and like it does have a lot of hype it, had, it, it was a before and after title. i mean it got and apparently it was worth it like everyone graded it like perfect it is one of the best reviewed games of modern times i think probably it? it might be one of the best reviewed zelda games which is saying a lot because they most i'm like ocarina of time is like absurdly well graded too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so anyway i never played it which <laughs> apparently i had to go catch up with the hype i guess but we've never done a remix from it, so we're going to do one called Ateno Racing. It's remixed from the village, Ateno Village, I guess. Um, but it's also done in the style of Mario Kart 8, kind of. I mean, not on purpose, <laughs> but kind of like a racing game. Uh, a lot of people saying this would be the perfect Mario Kart 8 song if they had a tra- like a Breath of the Wild track. Fun. So this is Ateno Racing, remixed by AJ Dispirito. Enjoy.
you're hyped? Yes. <laughs> I am so hyped, Nick. My blade is unbending. <laughs> I don't, that's Octopath. Anyways. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> In a world where Link races a Mario Kart, which actually I guess he does, he does yeah. No, he's kind of great, yeah. <laughs> I like I like using Link. Anyways, um, it's been a while, so it's time for a project update. Hi, Tim. Hello. Update us on your projects. Um, <laughs> I edit a podcast. You do. You have uh, there's an important thing ha- coming up soon for the podcast, isn't there? <gasps> there is. What um, episode is this, Nick? Uh, ninety nine. This is episode ninety nine. You know what that means? Um, we've done ninety nine episodes. I gotta start using three digits until. Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> pretty soon. You know, actually, ever since the very beginning, I've always uh, titled the the files I give you derailed trains. I've had a three-digit thing. Zero, zero, one, zero, zero, two. Yeah, all the so way up to we're coming up finally. I knew so we get, we So there. what you're saying is that after this episode, we only have 900 more till we have to redo the numbering system. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, episode 100 is coming up fast, guys. Can you believe it? Now, I don't know. The podcast always takes us by surprise. Yeah, we're a good place now. Who knows next time? Yeah. We have ideas. We have some big ideas for the podcast. That doesn't mean they will all happen. Yeah. Um, and I will even say, this is just such a huge event, Nick, our, yes. our 100th episode. It may be late next time. It may, it may be Because <laughs> right now, the, 100, the 100th episode is scheduled to come out in June. I won't promise it will be on time in June. It is. And June is a busy month for uh, the podcast to get us anyways. So. This is true. This is true. So that but is it might it might it might be hyped or might be disappointing based on your hype. <laughs> that's no, true, really. based on what we just talked about. <laughs> maybe we shouldn't raise people's expectations too much. It would be or the maybe best we should episode of any podcast ever. <laughs> the best thing you've ever heard. It'll be starring many guest stars like Roman Mars. No, it won't. Sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hopefully they know who Roman Mars is. They won't. Now. No. <laughs> no, we won't have Roman Mars. We'll just have Orlando Bloom, yeah, and, and Johnny Depp, and now we and various other people. <laughs> Jay Michael Straczynski will thank us for doing the weekly hijack. And, yes, that'd you know. be gr- that'd be great. <laughs> well, the hundredth will actually just be one word out of every weekly hijack. <laughs> no, <laughs> that will fra- make a very poetic and meaningful phrase for your life. <laughs> oh dear, that that'd be way too much editing. Yes, for no good reason. <laughs> no. <laughs> So I did watch a strong bad email of the hundredth where he like took one word out of every email to yeah, make a song. True. I'm like, I can't even imagine the time that took. Yeah. I can imagine it, I guess, technically, but it's hyperbole. I don't want to think about it. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, so that's something you can be looking forward to. That that's for the time being, that will be my really my only uh, creative project today. That in the week of that. He has something he, we would need to bug him about, but that will show up later. I do, but yes, that hopefully I hope they have some more actual news about other things that I've talked about in the past later on this year. From like episode one, even isn't it? Uh, maybe. Yes. <laughs> That never happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm excited. I am now beta reading the last of three parts of book three of Stern and this Fred. Is, this is, yeah, Stern and Fred book three, which I think was actually mentioned in episode one. Stern yeah. and Fred is actually like near completion. You've got a complete draft. That's I a, have a go, like a complete, like multiple, it's been edited a couple of times this draft. Mm-hmm. Not, not like it's still a wretched mix. <laughs> Um, and so that's been my my project updates. Largely, I've been trying to hammer out the last 
close to last draft. Tim's been beta editing, showing me where things need changed. It's coming together. It's a, I think it's a good book. It's uh, like all Strand and Fred. It's a, it's a strange beast. It is. It is. <laughs> but I, I honestly believe it is the strongest of the Strand and Fred books. It is. No, I agree with you there. It's, it's the most... It's by far the biggest. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it took all the stuff that I was trying to do in the earlier books and made it work. Yeah, it's it's actually the, probably the most, I don't know if cohesive is the right word or not, but it, it I would say it's successful in what you're trying yeah. to do in, in some ways. Yeah, There's definitely good things about the first one. There's some beautiful writing in, in the first book especially. And the second book is also some interesting ideas, but it, it's, it's not going to be ever anyone's favorite. Well, everyone's favorite. I'll put it that way. It might be my favorite, but anyway. Not, well, not, no, three is my favorite now. Okay, okay. <laughs> But two has some good things too. But it's it's, it's, it's a it's a weird thing. It's, it's probably yeah. It's probably the most experimental in some ways. Yeah. Um, but this one pulls a lot of pulls a lot of it ideas gets a lot of stuff done. Pulls a lot of stuff that was kind of hanging there together. And in some ways, it's it's kind of the best in some ways of books one and two. Yeah. It's got some. Of, it's got some of the the mental explorations of book two with the more of plot momentum like of book, book one of book one book one well, yeah exactly I and mean, they're like it's kind of a combination of those things so again like i think i mentioned here before i feel like strin and fred have been largely my like cutting teeth sort of i mean not that the other stuff written has been good i think but like this is where i don't know i've, I've tried things that are maybe a little stranger than like say snort or well okay snort strange but <laughs> anyway, so that's what I've been working on, and it's it's very Snor- nice. Snorting is strange in a in a much different kind of way. Yeah, like the it's purposely strange, right? The f- really the as bizarre as some of the stories in a girl called Snort are, they're like Alice in Wonderland sort of stories, and the format is very understandable. Yeah, the format of Strin and Fred is a little bit more unorthodox. I yes. would say, yeah, at least in terms of people picking up thinking they're just getting a fantasy story. Yeah, it's it's. A Nickian story. <laughs> yeah. One version of them. Highly influenced by Wheel of Time. And Dostoevsky. And Dostoevsky. Probably, yeah. Those together. Are probably, <laughs> those two smashed together with maybe a little hints of Final Fantasy in there. Yeah, that's true. So that's what I've been working on mainly. Um, I guess okay. that's about it. Yeah. Be on the lookout for... Someday. Like, hopefully before episode 200, <laughs> we'll have them all out. And book four will be something. Any progress on uh, Zorzum? You know, I have not touched base with. You have a publisher. I, you have a publisher that's interested in doing Zorzum, but she's been. She had a personal like giant problem that went mm. off, but I haven't. Musa's done now, and I really should just go. I just don't even think about half the time, honestly, because you're too busy uh, with your other projects. Yeah, and I need. I need to get. It was almost done, ready to be published. I think before everything went down, I need to go contact her. But that's a whole different issue. In case you're wondering, I feel like we should just touch on this because we haven't talked about Children of the Wells in a long oh, time. Yeah. We've kind of put that on the shelf for a little bit, if you haven't noticed. So we can get, because me and Tim and Nathan, and we all have other projects that need to get done that were more important to us personally. Yeah. Like, certain friends almost does. Nathan's got a sequel. So, yeah. And, like, I really need to get snored out, and I would love to get Buggerhead out in some manner. Yeah. We love the collaborative process, but that particular project was just taking a little bit too much time from other things that it, it'll probably re- at some point we'll it'll be like okay let's do this again and we'll, we'll hammer it out yeah. i can see that happening yeah so, i can all see right. that anyway after that brief project update we'll do it came from the interwebs
All right. Well, we've already been talking a fair bit about the internet and how it's a, a hype machine. Yeah, basically a hype machine. So we thought it'd be interesting to share a couple examples of that. First off, I'm, this is something I may have mentioned this to you before at some point, Nick, but this YouTube channel called Gels Marble Runs. Oh, I think you have mentioned this, but I've never seen it. This is maybe a loose connection to hype, but I think it's pretty interesting how this guy creates hype for what is really just sending marbles down shoots and things like that. So he does this thing called the Marble Olympics every year and has different events. Okay. And this is the event for the relay race. So I'll, I'll start this up here for you. 7C Stadium is packed for one of the fastest events of the 2019 Marble Olympics. The first thing the you'll Olympics. notice is the production value. It's amazing. Like he's got like marble set up like spectators in a stand. Like for a pod race. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's it's very much like we're watching ESPN or something like that. Yeah. Off they go. Balls of chaos to the lead. Green Ducks in second, and it stays that way through the second handoff now into the third. Oceanics come back into second place, and a great handoff up top. <laughs> Team Galactic's going to take it in front of the Green Ducks. It's also kind of a fun commentary on what sports commentary is like. Just, it would take a long time to just like, they're just marbles. Just marbles going down a row, down a, a track and then hitting other marbles, you know, so that's that's the really idea of it. <laughs> oh, and did the Green Ducks actually get them at the line? I think they so, did. It's a photo finish. Nice. <laughs> Thousands of a second. That, del- Look, that delivery is great. They actually lists the times of each marble team. That is awesome. That's, uh, when they, they reach the bottom. In the stands, they're holding signs. Yes, there's fans and the, the, mar- the, mar- the, the, yes, the marbles, which means they've like, he actually like made like little like posters and like things for them to hang up. It's crazy. Okay, so uh, so you have to see this, this thing at next. Gels marble runs. How many people watch this thing? Um, is it pretty popular? A couple. It's it's decently popular. Decently popular. Seems like it takes a long time. Yeah, I mean, tens of thousands of people. That's impressive. So this they had is, the music right there. Nice. Yeah, this is the opening ceremony for uh, the Marble <laughs> Olympics. Marching in. It's like stop motion marbles carrying a little thing down that this long fabulous. path made of, of Legos, essentially, which is a very clever, or maybe they're Duplos. Anyway. Oh, they're probably Duplos, but they would hold marbles better. Yeah, yeah. I wanted them to see the opening ceremonies with the weird... Okay, dun, yeah. Dun, dun. Triton, king of the Oceanics nation. That's so they the, they have the all these big nations, huh? Yeah. Well, and all these these team names. That, Alvin, uh, mascot of the 2019 Marble Olympics. <laughs> Marble Olympics 2019 staff. All these little title pop-ins. All the writers and editors. There we go. Yeah, this is, so th- these are the different teams. You got the Oceanics, <laughs> uh, which are blue marbles, essentially. That's kind of clever. They're carrying their own little, like, one of those little, like, LED candle candle things. things. Uh, the Midnight Wisps. <laughs> and actually list the team name members. So the Chocolatiers are brown, the Savage Speeders, the or- Orangers. Co- the coach is Rango. Mellow oh, Yellow. Those are the yellow marbles. And they ha- they all have um, hashtags go with them. <laughs> do they? I, they do. Each team has its own hashtag. I did not catch that before. That's that amazing. Awesome. That is, and they all have their own symbols, even. Like, this is a lot of work for, like, what's basically just showing marbles going down. I mean, the, he's basically saying, look how, I mean, like, it, 
it's asking for hype. Yeah, it really. <laughs> is what it is. And if you read the commenters, like the people who really enjoy this stuff, like they they definitely get in. Like they're rooting for teams. That's awesome. Which goes to show, like what. what the weird thing about sports, you root for people when you really don't even know them or know why. Yeah. I mean, this, you're literally rooting for marbles. <laughs> but why not? Especially when they make them feel so real. <laughs> and they lit the torch. Yes. <laughs> that is fabulous. With bated breath, for months we've waited, and now the cauldron has been lit. After all of the preparation, all of the qualifiers, and all of the pomp and circumstance of the opening ceremony, it is my honor to welcome you to the 2019 Marble Olympics. So then this is a race where the marbles are like rolling down to a, yeah, rolling through a vat of water. Or a tank, I guess. So, which means they go a little slower. Should suit them, but instead they get nudged to the side by balls of chaos. Now watch to the far side. Green Ducks, they take the lead. They're very close with the Chocolatiers. Who's going to get it? <laughs> that was too close to call. Oceanic Oceanic finish oh, Oceanic's <laughs> So anyway, that's... That, I could, that's quite entertaining. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, that's one of the, the fun things that where internet creates hype where you never no, would have thought. You would never, yeah. It keeps people watching, though, so which is what YouTubers have to do. Yeah. All right, but the next thing, this was your idea. Yeah, I thought we... Because trailers, their purpose nowadays is to create a hype for a movie. Um, and because of the internet, there are trailers for movies that don't actually exist. Mm-hmm. So we thought we'd watch some fan-made... We've not seen these, I think, for most yeah, part. Yeah, neither, neither one of us. Um, watch some fan-made concept trailers, and we'll talk about how hyped it gets us. Okay. So, so this, let's see what, so this, what do we have the first here? one up here. Ooh, got Star Wars something. Yeah, this is a Vader thing, I think. Lord Vader. Yes, Master. Were you drained? Gone he is. Consumed by Darth Vader. He's more machine now than man. Twisted and evil. You should have died. But instead you fought. You have become truly lost. All the horrible things. The losses you have had to suffer. A man can run out of things to live for. Your entire life has brought you to this moment. And the Kent figure out is a Kenobi or Darth Vader at this point? Or both? Anakin Skywalker was weak. I destroyed him. Actually, this is pretty good. Like, I'm kind of excited. Have you already seen most of this? I'm intrigued. Hunt down and destroy the Jedi Knights. I need, I need the enemy to show me something. What must yeah. be done, Lord Vader? Ooh, there's like a throne. Yeah. Do not hesitate. The music is very nice for this. Like, yeah. it's like epic but tragic. The problem I'm having with it is that... I, I don't actually really. This trailer isn't really telling me anything what the story is about. Yeah, I mean that's the problem. Is yeah, we need to know what what is the. I mean, I, I don't. What is the emotional center of this movie? Yeah, I don't need a trailer that tells me the, the entire story, but I need to at least get a feeling for what's Vader's conflict here. Yeah, exactly. That's the one problem I, I feel with 
these fan trailers that are just combining random random clips from other movies and fan projects. So like I don't, I don't it's not an actual well, they could if they if they add some over some dialogue or something over top to make a right. Right now, it just feels like a hodgepodge. Yeah, okay, this yeah. is a Vader. Yeah, one. not not. It's like some. It's like a medley or a montage. It's almost more of a montage. What they than need to do? Then you take that um that how to make an epic trailer video I showed you <laughs> and put things over that. Yeah, something like that. So that was. It was in, that was interesting at first, but I needed it for it to build to something. Yeah, it wasn't building; it was just just a stream. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A good a good hype needs you. you so we, I don't think we did it on the podcast, but there's the Arl Knot A U R A L mm-hmm. has this video about how to make the perfect epic movie trailer. Right, and it's and it's just words and music. Mm-hmm. And I have youth that watch and be like, I want to go see that movie. And it's not even yeah. a movie. It's nothing. Right. It just, <laughs> but it it gets you super hyped up. Uh-huh. Well, and that actually makes me think this this trailer in some ways what we were just talking about kind of makes me think of the recent the Rise of Skywalker trailer. Oh, okay. Because you know that was also kind of like there's some interesting things going on there, but at the same time, really wasn't anything new. No, it's it's one it's a catch twenty two because like on the plus side you don't know what to expect, but on the other side you want to expect something. Yeah, and right, like right now I was like, well, I know these characters well, that are going to be like, in the movie. That was a, the first trailers nowadays do that. They're just like, That's hey, true. it exists. Remember it. Yeah. Put it on your calendar. Yeah, and sometimes that is enough for people to get hyped. Like, now, that's, now, that's, hopefully the next trailer will have some sort of yeah. plot. Yeah, <laughs> something. Again, I don't want the trailer to tell me the entire plot, but something would be good. All right, so this is the Kenobi one, I think. Where are you? Obi-Wan. I can feel his presence. Okay, I'm enjoying the the overlay. There's a thing that swallows you. Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. I've loved you always. I always will. It holds you together while it's tearing you apart. I love you! It's terrifying. But I'll stay as long as it takes. Forever. To witness the end. He has a more of that emotional center to this one. Mm-hmm. What will you do when they catch you? What will you do if they break you? And you must realize with his power, this is a very dangerous place for him to be. They got the music going, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Star Wars music always makes it a little hype. Yeah, the problem in the middle is just a little too chaotic. Yeah, it got a little too much. I mean, the the setup was... Yeah, that one actually had an interesting setup. Like, the Vader one, it was interesting at first, but like, but I'm waiting for you to tell me what, what is Vader yeah. struggling with. Vader doesn't struggle, but this one was like, this is Kenobi basically in exile and waiting. So, like, yeah, so we got, oh, this is interesting, Kenobi. He, there's this, there's obviously this need, this plot there. Mm-hmm. The middle was a little chaotic. Yeah, but yeah. it was a better sense. Like you know, like oh, I might go see that. Yeah, exactly. I I like the hype for that one. I like the Kenobi trailer, and it was a mix of like original stuff and and, uh, and Rogue One stuff and, and Rogue One's I've and other and other projects. So it was added some variety to it. Yeah. All right. So what do we have here? This is our Wheel of Time one. Okay. The Wheel of Time turns. 
and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become legend. Legend fades to myth, and even myth is long forgotten when the age that gave it birth comes again. In one age, an age yet to come, an age long past, a wind rose in the mountains of mist. Oh man, it's just... The wind was not the beginning. There are neither beginnings nor endings to the turning of the Wheel of Time. But it was a beginning. Okay, I'm, I'm kind of digging this, but... <laughs> <laughs> Made up creatures from my stories. Is that what they are? All the stories are real. So it seems, lad. So it seems. We want no eye and eye troubles. Send her away. Drive her out. You brought them. You brought those monsters. I Sedai are tricksome, and they don't lie. So they're showing the truth, and I said I pictures, art from Wheel Time. Was an interesting style when you. Yeah, this this is more of a book trailer. I realized. I thought it might be an actual like fan made movie trailer. I mean, it's an interesting book trailer. Um, well, I think they're trying to put those in place of the TV. Because you got all these are quotes from the book, and I think they're trying to be like, if we had film, here's what it would look like. Mm. Yeah, I, I was just kind of hoping to actually see. I thought it might actually have people in cosplay. Yeah, or I was something. hoping so too. Though I'm digging all the quotes a lot. Two rivers with a heronmark's sword. No eye can see the pattern until it is woven. The wheel weaves as the wheel wills. It does feel like they have a very limited cast here, though. Some of the the voices sound very similar. I will hate the man you choose because he is not me, and love him if he makes you smile. The Dark One stirs in Sheogul, and the future is balanced on the point of a pin. I will keep hope until I know it is gone. Balzaman will give rewards beyond mortal dreaming for the one who brings you to Sheogul. What difference if you serve the great Lord of the Dark alive or dead? I refuse to believe the Dark One can win so easily. The fact that the price must be paid is proof that it is worth paying. Death is lighter than a feather. Beauty, heavier than a mountain. I am tired of running. I will run no more. You know how much is at stake. I must have those young men. I will never serve you, father See, I think it's just a tad long. Like, the yeah. quota was really dealing. You will destroy yourself. You cannot wield it so. Not yet. Not until I teach you. The light blinds you, Balsaman. This has to end. The prophecies will be fulfilled. And for me, like, there's Dragon no... Dragon is reborn. There's no context for any of this. Right. Like, it's, it for, it's, like, a lot of, like, lines and people. Yeah, and that, again, like, uh, if you know it, like, some of those things, like, oh, I was I was pretty excited about because I like some lines, but there's just too many lines. Like, mm. I think for hype, less is more in many ways. Yeah. I think you want to get just enough to get people super excited about it. But, like, that one just, it, it was, like... Again, it's fan-made. They're trying to get everything I love about the series in, as opposed to just enough to get your... Yeah, and it's a know. long series, so... Yeah, I mean, there were some really good quotes. Like, the intro was my favorite, because they were, that's how all the books open. Mm -hmm. Anyways, I like that, but yeah. it went a little... It's tricky. I mean, I, I made a book trailer for Children of the Wells mm -hmm. a while back, and um, it is tricky to find just the right lines that convey something about a character and, and also hook the... the, yeah. the the viewer who yeah, probably played better for it. me than you because I like I knew the context of all the lines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which kind of a problem if you're trying to get new people watching. New it. People yeah, interested. that's true. All right, let's see what we have now. Oh, this is a trailer for a game that will probably never happen. <laughs> 
This is a trailer for Chrono Break. Um, There's Magus. A there? look at what a Chrono uh, or a Chrono Trigger sequel might look like. Yep. Or third one in a trilogy, technically. Mm. I like the style. It's very old school Chrono Trigger. Yep. It's like the the modern way of doing like. 16-bit graphic style while actually being better definition yeah. than 16-bit well, graphics. Look, what I'm fascinated by that Magus is your main character. Oh, is that the idea? I think so. And honestly, that scene right there is awesome. <laughs> He's like, this bad guy just split time in two, it looks like. Ah. Thanks, this chrome break. And I like it too, just because it's like mysterious and like just enough for you like for a chrome pr- trigger people be like wait what was that place and who's this and yeah 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 that was fun uh see that's oh and it has just a smidge of that uh yeah shala, shala yeah. i think the idea is that mag is supposed to go find shala and mm-hmm. rescue her and all this stuff oh uh, okay but. see that's almost that's almost like again that's like a hype for something i mean that's kind of what we've been looking for this entire yeah. time hype that for something that doesn't actually the, exist. and you wish did yeah and that that trailer succeeded for me probably more <laughs> than any of the ones we've seen so You're far like, I, i'd buy that game yeah i pre-order that game yeah that's, <laughs> that's enough said uh <laughs> no fair even the little bit of music you know just enough of the for hype you want to get just enough of the old music mm-hmm that's the advantage that one had over some of the other ones. I mean, fan trailers are not probably not quite as interesting as they used to be like 10 years ago because we've actually had so many actual movies based on characters yeah, yeah. that we didn't have before. I mean, a few months ago, we had a Shazam movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, Shazam, really? <laughs> uh, it's it's a wonderful age we live in. So this is Back to the Future 4. Okay. Let's see what this one is. They should not actually... I actually do not want anyone to make a Back to the Future 4. We might after this one. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Pacific Nuclear Research Facility have denied the rumor that a case of missing plutonium was in fact stolen from their vault two weeks ago. A Libyan terrorist group had claimed responsibility for the alleged theft... The startling footage we're about to show you was photographed by a 42-year-old, Romero Valadares. All initial opinions are this is genuine. What you're about to okay, see... Okay, it's like a horror feel to it. Yeah. <laughs> In the world? Okay, this is interesting. So DeLorean showed up. DeLorean showed up while with the reporter, so we got some found footage sort of things going on here. Uh, there's a dock. Dock? Yeah. <laughs> Great Scott! Did they actually get Christopher Lloyd to do this? I don't know. What year is this? I think they did. What? In... This is a pretty slick one. Those are Marty McFly's, uh, not Marty. Yeah. Sneakers, kicking Sneakers. the tires, opening a door, pushing buttons in the DeLorean. Yep. Need a lift? Lauren going through some city streets. And the future. 
Okay. It was, yeah, mixed feelings about it. I think what what it did well, it played on nostalgia. Yeah, it did. And it felt like it was like not just rehashing. Like those are interesting scenes. Yeah. But you you it like, felt like you, you it was building what what Doc Brown was up to. Yeah, there. it was it was the problem was it was building up to this like problem with Doc Brown and then it didn't didn't give us any info. Like yeah. just a t- tad more. Yeah. I think it would have been much better. Right. Some of these trailers just have the the clothes of what what you like about the, these properties without any of the meaning behind it. Yeah, and I think the best hype is that you have to get a sense, not just like, oh, I get a carrot. No, I guess I should. They'll give you the problem, and then to get the most hype, they'll throw one scene or shot of something. You're like, oh, that's finally showing up, you know? Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. But you still have something to hang it on normally. Right. The, the trailers that I liked the most for Final Fantasy XV back in the day is you, you got a sense of what the gameplay was like, the, the combats, yeah. the exploration, all the stuff. But you also got a feeling of who the characters were supposed to be, this kind of band of brothers just kind of going out, going through some tough times, but at the same time really sticking by each other, that kind of, yeah. that kind of vibe that gives you a direction that gives you, you know, some problems that are going on yeah. and the thing that they have, and you know who the people are. And these, you know who the people are just because they're fan trailers of yeah. properties we've already ex- existed. But we don't have an ongoing, we really, story. story with a lot of these things. And I guess that shows that you need story to make the hype work, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that Chrono Break one even did. You saw the, the villain, like, break time or something. He's yeah. like, oh, that's a problem. What, you know, yeah, how do, you well, fix how do that? we do that? And, and it was one, like, a teaser trailer. So it's, like, just enough for you to get interested in, like, I need to wait for the next trailer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which probably won't be. No, it'll be. But. but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting how much, yeah, you can't just have the ideas in the. Outer stuff is not enough. I don't remember which one this is. Yeah, I don't know either. The one thing that people love more than a hero is to see a hero fail, fall, die trying. In spite of everything you've done for them, eventually they will hate you. Maybe Fantastic Four. Oh, this might be your Fantastic Four thing. Yeah. So this is a remake of... Or a Marvel MCU version. Yeah. Fan edit of, again, I get another one editing existing footage. Just want to fix my friends. You can't fix this. You open the door, you don't know how to close. Four have survived. I mean, even if it's a movie that already exists, I'm kind of excited about it. <laughs> they basically just re-edited the last Fantastic Four movie with Marvel stuff. Uh, but Like MCU stuff, you mean? Yeah. But I would take it. I've been wanting a good Fantastic Four movie since who knows when. <laughs> You're not a man. You know, this one does well, too. A sense of danger. Yeah, that's true. Whoa. That was a new shot. It was a scroll, Captain America. Ready for what's coming. What is coming? Doom. Oh, Oh, nice. Nice Galacticus. Okay, Okay. that was cool. And nice title screen right there. Uh Uh-huh. 
The one downside is I, I don't believe all that stuff would be in the same movie. No, that was too many things. <laughs> that was, it, was, it was a lot of stuff. Too many Avengers for what's supposed to be a Fantastic Four standalone, essentially. But I think that one worked. It had danger. Mm-hmm. Again, they just used old ta- trailer music, but I'll take it. Mm-hmm. And the Galactus. The yeah. la- you know, you want that final shot that's like, yeah. oh, Galactus. oh, we gotta go see, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so not too bad. I mean, like, it could have been trimmed in the middle a little bit. Yeah, yeah, probably. Anyway, that was that, that was fun. Yeah. Uh, so well, I guess when you make our own sometime, we'll, we'll do it <laughs> better. We've yeah we've tried to do fan trailers in the past. It's hard. Yeah, it's it's tricky, especially since we we were trying to do trailers of something that didn't exist yet. Well, yeah. <laughs> we should do something for maybe episode one hundred. Oh, that'd if, be good. But again, it might be tricky until we actually again we have no idea what's going to happen in episode one hundred. We have ideas, but dun, dun, the podcast dun. does weird things sometimes. Podcast does do weird things a lot of times. By the way, that reminds me. So when I got to your house again yeah. today, yeah. there's now like a whole pile of these brown stuffed animals on your front porch. I I, I don't know what's going on. That is very weird. So weird. No, I like some like someone's stalking me or something. I don't. I don't know. know. I'm a little concerned about like I, if you don't just who leaves a whole pile of these weird brown plushies. Weird. There's something I don't know. It's a little. I've asked the neighbors. They don't. They haven't seen anything. Weird. Yeah, I don't know. It's very strange. Anyway, um, but hopefully you enjoyed this episode on on hype. Hope you were yep. getting as excited as we are about uh, uh, episode one hundred. Episode one hundred. We are excited. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. And we're go and we're getting into uh, hype season right now. Well, summer season, blockbuster season. I mean, I guess it's over now with Endgame. Yeah, I mean, what else is there to look for? Exactly. <laughs> Spider Man. Life is over. No, uh, <laughs> Spider Man. Exactly. So while you guys are doing whatever boring thing you're doing, we're going to go hang around with some Avengers. I think Rocket just got back. Oh, sweet. I'm not sure I want to interact with him or just watch him from a distance. <laughs> yeah, as long as just... I, I need a thicker skin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but before we go, if you're not subscribed to us, this is the perfect time to do that on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, if that's what uh, the kids are calling it nowadays, or Stitcher, if you prefer. Wherever you find your podcasts. And you can leave us a comment. Let us know at deroldtrainsofthought.blogspot.com. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you would like to see in episode 100. Dun, dun, dun. And maybe the podcast will accommodate you. You never know. For my soundtrack today, I decided to go with something from Pokemon. Pokemon. Pokemon's not very important. (laughs) It's got a movie coming up here pretty soon. my my, My wife. My son is super hyped for that. I imagine so. And this is a remix from Pokemon Red version. It's called Crescendo to Chaos. Oh, that's a nice name. I thought that's a, I like that, that name. that's a good hype name. It's like it involves some battle music, very cinematic sounding. I mean, the remix itself is actually very cinematic, and it is remixed by Chernabog. Chernabog? Sure. He spells it a little differently. So both. Yeah. <laughs> Hope you enjoy it. Until next time, this is Tim. This is Nick. Bye bye. <laughs>